Nine Lives, the debut album from Catalyst, grips with infinite possibility and reflects the contemporary Los Angeles jazz scene. Catalyst is more than a nine-piece band. It's a collective of producers, composers, musicians, and writers who represent a who's who of the Los Angeles jazz community. You can listen to the album on all of the major music platforms or purchase a copy through bandcamp.com. Catalyst with a K, and the album is Nine Lives. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. than 15 years, Longhorn Vaccines and Diagnostics has been designing and developing products for potential pandemics in developing economies. The recent COVID-19 pandemic, though, put the scalability of the company's technology to the test as it landed big contracts in the United States for COVID-19 testing. We spoke to Jeff Fisher, president of Longhorn, about the benefits of the company's technology for gathering and transporting diagnostic samples, how it's used partnerships to scale its business with speed, and why the pandemic has forever changed the company. Jeff, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. We're going to talk about Longhorn Vaccines and Diagnostics, COVID-19, and how the pandemic has transformed your company. My guess is most of our listeners will not be familiar with Longhorn, which has long been focused on addressing infectious diseases in developing economies. What was Longhorn founded to do, and and what has its business been through 2019? Longhorn was founded to address uh, a coming influenza pandemic. Uh, We started the company in 2006 looking for uh, ways to develop uh, better diagnostics uh, and uh, vaccine products for uh, preparing for an infectious disease outbreak uh, with the expectation that that coming pandemic would be influenza. We originally had our current uh, diagnostic uh, products available for the 2009 H1N1-09 pandemic. Uh, we were one of 13 companies that received an EUA back uh, during that pandemic, uh, much compared to the hundreds that have received uh, EUAs uh, during this pandemic. EUA is emergency use authorization? That's correct. Uh, that, up until about uh, nine months ago, I don't think most people knew what that was. I don't even think many people in the industry or even at the FDA knew what that was. And I think now it's something that has been a, a critical component to uh, developing tests and now vaccines for uh, this pandemic. When the COVID-19 pandemic emerged, what were the internal discussions at Longhorn? What 
needs did you see and what opportunities did you think there were for Longhorn to address? Well, we knew that our product uh, would be an, an important product for this uh, pandemic. Uh, one of the things that we had taken to the US FDA uh, in 2016 was this product that could collect samples and inactivate uh, all of the viruses and bacteria and, and other pathogens immediately upon collection so that there was no concern about spreading uh, the, the virus through uh, the transmission uh, of the tubes and, and to make it safer for the laboratory people as well. So as we saw how uh, infectious this virus was and, and how much uh, it was putting people in the hospitals and, and ultimately causing death, uh, what we realized was that this was really the moment in time that that this novel product that we created uh, and that the FDA had approved two years earlier, uh, really this was its its key moment in time. And we were surprised that the FDA actually reached out to us uh, in January and asked us to begin ramping up production. And they wanted to ensure that we also realized that what they saw, which was uh, that this would be a crucial product in helping expand testing across the country. Our current uh, diagnostic uh, products available for the 2009-2010 H1N1-09 pandemic, uh, we were one of 13 companies that received an EUA back uh, during that pandemic, uh, much compared to the hundreds that have received uh, EUAs uh, during this pandemic. And an EUA is an emergency use authorization? That's correct. Uh, that, uh, up until about uh, nine months ago, I don't think most people knew what that was. I don't even think many people in the industry or even at the FDA knew what that was. And I think now it's something that has been a, a critical component to uh, developing tests and now vaccines for uh, this pandemic. You've long thought about ways to address issues in emerging economies. You've developed some breakthrough technologies to do just that. Have these had implications for addressing a pandemic in a developed economy as well? Well, we knew that our product uh, would be an, an important product for this uh, pandemic. Uh, one of the things that we had taken to the US FDA uh, in 2016 was this product that could collect samples and inactivate uh, all of the viruses and bacteria and, and other pathogens immediately upon collection so that there was no concern about spreading uh, the, the virus through uh, the transmission uh, of the tubes and, and to make it safer for the laboratory people as well. So as we saw how uh, infectious this virus was and, and how much uh, it was putting people in the hospitals and, and ultimately causing death, uh, what we realized was that this was really the moment in time that, that this novel product that we created uh, and that the FDA had approved two years earlier uh, really this was its its key moment in time. And we were surprised that the FDA actually reached out to us uh, in January and asked us to begin ramping up production. 
And they wanted to ensure that we also realized that what they saw, which was uh, that this would be a crucial product in helping expand testing across the country. Your core product is PrimeStore Molecular Transport Medium. This is used to collect and transport samples for the diagnosis of infectious diseases. I think most of our listeners might not be familiar with the nuances of collecting infectious disease samples and the world of diagnostics. What is a transport medium? What is it used for? And and how does it work? Today, uh, the awareness of, of our product is is a lot uh, higher, and, and the idea of what it does is a lot clearer. Um, I don't know too many people who haven't had a COVID test yet. Um, and so if, if you've had a, a COVID test, especially one that used a nasal swab, the nasal swab is inserted into the nose. Uh, it's, it's swirled around multiple times. It's then taken out and it's put into a tube and the handle is broken off. And then that tube transports the sample back to the lab. What is special about our product is the liquid that that swab goes into at the bottom of the tube. Uh, It's a proprietary mix, uh, chemical mix that we uh, invented. And what it does is it gets rid of all of the uh, components that can degrade the piece of the virus that the test is looking for. So uh, some of the sample collection tubes are required to be kept frozen. Some are required to be kept refrigerated. Uh, because ours uh, destroys all of the components inside the sample that can degrade the sample, uh, ours can be shipped uh, at high temperature. So uh, some of our early key success was in the southwest part of, of the United States during the uh, summer months when temperatures would often inside of trucks reach up over 130 degrees. Uh, we were able to demonstrate for key clients uh, that the sample was not degraded in any way at that high temperature. Is there anything particularly unique about your medium? This is something that we were the first to design. Uh, Like any good product, uh, there are copies that have come uh, out afterwards. Um, we, We were surprised to see that Chinese knockoff products were already starting to enter within months uh, in using our exact terminology, uh, often copying a lot of our same language. So what we realized was that there was great demand and people saw the usefulness of it. And so what we realized was we had a product that was really making a difference. This was originally developed in 2006 for a possible avian flu pandemic. Does the particular pathogen matter in terms of the product? Is there any difference between H5N1 and COVID-19 in that regard? It doesn't. Um, that it, The pathogen could be anything from a virus uh, to a, a bacteria such as uh, staphylococcus. Uh, we did a lot of work with tuberculosis and have done a lot of very innovative work with uh, tuberculosis testing. We were uh, we had just launched the first commercial test uh, in the developing world for diagnosing tuberculosis uh, by taking a swab and running it around the inside of the mouth and putting it into 
uh, Prime Store and then shipping it off for testing. Uh, we, had, we were able to show that we could detect that in a much simpler way than the current methodology of requiring patients to cough up large amounts of, of sputum. And so the, one of the beauties of Prime Store MTM is that you can use blood, you can use respiratory pathogens, you can use urine, you can uh, put tissue in it, and, and it really serves it, all those uh, different sample types in the same way, providing the key uh, components that the test needs for uh, very sensitive accuracy. It's been a bit of a whirlwind for Longhorn. The FDA in February reached out to the company to increase production. You've since won more than $225 million in contracts. One of the things that the pandemic has done is force you to scale your operations with great speed. You were producing 50 to 100,000 tubes of Prime Store MTM per month with covid that's increased to as much as 2 million tubes per week. One way you've addressed this is through partnerships, including a novel one with Coca-Cola bottlers. What were the challenges in doing this, and how did you go about building those relationships? Well, we were very fortunate that we had two very good uh, anchor manufacturers that we had been working with for years on a smaller scale. And so they were help, able to help us initially get scaled up uh, to the point where we could start making a difference. And then we used our connections and our relationships uh, through the small business communities uh, and found other fillers, many of which had been filling medical products and dental products. So they had a lot of expertise in how to fill these products properly uh, from a, a sanitary and sterility standpoint. Uh, but their businesses had really shut down because of the pandemic, because people weren't going to the dentist, people weren't going to the doctor's office. And so we were had the great opportunity of working with some amazing uh, small companies that at the same time were trying to figure out how to stay alive during this time. And so it was a mutually beneficial uh, opportunity and we've really been able to, uh, you know, really meet any and all demand uh, that we've seen. One of the big challenges was that it was difficult to travel, and most of the sites didn't want us to come be on site anyway for fear of, of bringing something into their facility. And so it's required a lot of trust. It's required a lot of uh, very good due diligence by phone and through third channel, third party channels. And so we've been really impressed by uh, what many of these small businesses that, that most people don't even know exist have really been able to do to make a difference in this pandemic. How did the Coca-Cola bottlers come on the radar and what exactly is that relationship? During the early stages of, of the COVID outbreak, uh, Health and Human Services was tasked with ramping up testing across the country. And, and one of the challenges that we faced in all aspects of testing were uh, access to key components. And, and one of the components that we could not get enough of were the tubes that our liquid went into. And so the Health and Human Services started scouring the country for tube manufacturers and at one point uh, reached out to 
several of the national laboratories uh, that the government uh, finances. And one of the scientists at, uh, at one at the lab. Uh, yeah, sorry. One of the one of the scientists at the uh, Oak Ridge Laboratory realized that a Coca Cola preformed twenty ounce bottle looked just like a, a a test tube and was sturdy and had a very very tight seal to it. So they were able to um, put us in touch with Coca Cola and. One of the nice things is that they do a billion tubes a year, and so capacity was not a problem. So during the summer months when we were short on tubes and Health and Human Services was short on sample collection kits, we were able to come together and expand the country's testing capacity by 7 million tubes through that partnership. You have a second product, which in September you filed with the FDA for emergency use authorization. This is Prime Store Analyte Transport Media, or ATM. What is Prime Store ATM, and, and how is it used? The difference between Prime Store MTM and Prime Store ATM is the degree by which uh, it disrupts the sample. As, as I mentioned previously, Prime Store Molecular Transport Media uh, kills and destroys all uh, components of the sample and, and only keeps the nucleic acid portion of the uh, of the sample that's used for molecular testing. The analyte transport media still uh, kills the virus, but it does not destroy proteins and it doesn't destroy enzymes. And so that allows it to be used uh, in many more testing situations, including uh, the, the rapid antigen testing. Uh, it also allows it to remove a step in the molecular testing process whereby the sample is extracted uh, from the solution. And so it, it speeds up the testing and reduces the number of steps and uh, reduces some of the key components that are required for testing. It really reduces both the time and the cost associated with the uh, testing and and for a while there was a uh, there were not enough extraction kits and and for some of the automated systems they didn't have enough plastic tips to to do proper extraction and so that was slowing down or in some cases shutting down testing altogether by being able to bypass the extraction they're able to speed things up reduce the cost and reduce the number of components that could be out of stock at any given time. What's the path forward for the product? We see a lot of excitement in the community for it. Our, our next step, while we continue to distribute it for the pandemic, is to prepare it for its own FDA filing, much like we did with, uh, with PrimeStore MTM as a permanent uh, approval for future testing. What's the future vision of Longhorn? Has the pandemic forever changed it or does the end of COVID-19 return Longhorn to what it was previously? We believe that that what has happened in the pandemic has really uh, changed our trajectory and, and really our path. Uh, we have 
really established a lot of good relationships with a lot of very large laboratories. Uh, we've established this new category of sample collection uh, inactivating transport media. And we're really now in a position where we're going to continue to grow the business, expand it uh, into other infectious diseases, expand it beyond infectious diseases, and really expand the, the worldwide uh, sales uh, component of it. Jeff Fisher, president of Longhorn Vaccines and Diagnostics. Jeff, thanks so much for your time today. Uh, thank you very much for, for everything. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.